resort. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. Hello, it is me. <laughs> Gross. What's up, hookers? It's me, Mickey Dillon. Welcome back to another episode of Pulse Pounding, a very special episode because this is the last day of my 20s. I am recording this in the last few hours that I am not old as shit, that I have not moved into a new decade. <laughs> We've got about three hours left and we're going to hang on to it. I went to work today and I had the fucking customer from hell, okay? May be the worst customer I've ever dealt with in my entire life. This fucking nasty bitch from the moment she got there till the moment she left was just unhappy. I don't blame myself. I don't blame myself for anyone around her. That woman had a problem from the minute she woke up. Maybe prior. I'm not really sure. She was definitely from Connecticut, okay? Sometimes those motherfuckers that I like to call Connecticuts come over on the ferry. Connecticuts are the people from Connecticut who are super wealthy and you can see it all over their face. And they think that they're better than you. And they're dressed in the ugliest, most expensive clothes you've ever seen in your life. She was, without a doubt, a Connecticut, okay? She was miserable from the jump. I went to get them fucking bottled water and I went over to put their order in prior to picking that up, okay? I'm telling you from the moment I left that table to the moment I came back with her goddamn bottled water, it was probably two minutes. And by the time I was walking over, this bitch is already at the bar asking for water and looks over at me and says, well, I mean, you know, we've just been sitting over there parched for quite some time. Bitch, are you high? I have been gone from your table for maximum two minutes, and you're telling me that you're over there dying of thirst? There are people who don't have clean drinking water, and you are waiting for your goddamn bottle of sparkling for two minutes, and you're already unhappy? Sit the fuck down and shut up. So then, of course, we were busy, and the drinks were taking quite a bit. In the village that I work in, there's like this stupid festival every year. It's called the Dickens Festival. I can't fucking stand it. I dread it every year. And these idiots walk around dressed like fucking people from Ebenezer Scrooge. And they put on these little skits and they come around Christmas caroling and all the fucking restaurants, but not our restaurant because we usually kick them out because we're too busy. Nobody's got fucking time for that at seven o'clock on a Saturday night with your goddamn charcoal rubbed all over your face to look like you slid down a chimney. I don't know what the fuck these people are doing, but I can't stand it every year. It makes the town so fucking busy. It's great for us because we're busier. But it's not great when you're trying to get to goddamn work and it takes you 20 minutes to drive down Main Street, okay? No fucking thank you. So obviously we were a little busier because it was the last day of this three-day festival. So everything was taking a few extra minutes. The drinks were taking a few extra minutes to come out the bar. Everything was taking a few extra minutes to come out of the kitchen. So when I walked over with the water after she had given me the death stare and scolded me for leaving her to die of thirst. Her husband looks at me and says, are the drinks coming? And I said, yeah, they'll be right out. They're just, you know, a little busier today because of the festival. So I come back over another minute or so later with the drinks and he looks at me and goes, did you remember to put our food in? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Do I look to you like I'm going to leave you at this table starving? Like I don't want to give you a good experience. So you leave me a little extra money than the zero dollars you're already planning to leave me because you think for some reason that you're better than me because you're wealthy and I'm bringing you a steak. Fuck you. It didn't end there, though. Of course not. OK, so finally, she orders this goddamn salad on our menu. It's called the beet and goat cheese salad. It has beet right in the fucking headline on the menu. She did not read the menu when she was ordering what she wanted from me. She said, I want the salad that has goat cheese. I said, okay. Is there only one with arugula and goat cheese? That's what she says to me. Instead of picking up the menu and reading the four options we have for fucking salads to clarify what she wanted, she just tells me while she's staring up at the ceiling because of course she can't look the peasant waiter in the face. Or her soul might get sucked out and all of her bank account would be drained. So I'm like, yeah, there's only one salad with arugula and goat cheese. That's the one. There's only one. So her husband ordered some sort of sandwich, right? So the food gets there. They're already miserable. I went over there to ask her if she wanted another glass of wine. She said no. Then I tried to take the empty glass of wine that literally had one fucking drop in it. And I went to pick up the glass and she screamed no at me. <laughs> like screamed no at me like I was her child. Like I was her fucking toddler. And I just looked at her with the nastiest death stare and walked away. And I was like, this is not going to happen today. This woman is not going to ruin my day on my last day of my 20s. And then I started thinking to myself, what the fuck am I doing here? Right? Like, I don't usually take off for my birthday because I don't really care. But this weekend, we're going into the city and we're doing like a night out to celebrate my 30th because it's my 30th. So this year, I feel like I should do something to celebrate because it's the end of a decade. It's the end of my 20s. Like there's reason to reflect and celebrate moving into a new space, a new era, if you will. This is one I should pay a little more attention to instead of like avoiding my birthday because I just think it's weird and awkward. You know, like I hate when fucking people bring you out a cake with candles and they sing to you. Like, what the fuck is that about? I can't stand it. It's my least favorite thing in America. I went to the fucking city for Thanksgiving Eve, as I already told you. And my aunt decided that because she wasn't going to see me for my birthday, she was going to have them bring out a fucking dessert with a goddamn candle and make all the wait staff sing to me. I wanted to crawl under the table and die. I can't stand that kind of attention. I really can't stand attention in general, which I know sounds fucking weird coming from me because I talk to you for a goddamn hour every week and try to force you to listen to my bullshit. But I like attention when I'm being funny, if that makes sense. Like, I don't really care about being the center of attention. I just like to make people laugh. So it's not the attention that I like. I like making people laugh because laughing feels good. You know what I mean? I like to talk to people. I like to socialize and I like to make people laugh. But other than that, like, I don't like to be the center of attention. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not like the, ooh, look at me, it's my birthday kind of person. So anyway, I'm at work and I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm off on Monday, which is my actual birthday tomorrow, Monday, December 5th. I'm already off because I'm off on Mondays and Tuesdays. Normally, I wouldn't take off for my birthday. So I'm like, that's fine. I'm off. We'll do something fun. I'm going to hang out with my family. We're going to do like a low key dinner at my aunt's house because I didn't want to go out to dinner. I just want to chill, you know, like I just want to wear a fucking hoodie <laughs> and drink a bunch of wine and eat some good food and like hang out with my family. That's all I really care about. But I'm thinking to myself, why on God's fucking earth, the last day of my 20s, Sunday, December 4th, why the fuck? 
Did I spend it? Did I choose to spend it in this awful godforsaken building at this job that I can't fucking stand and am so desperate to get myself out of? I'm so desperate to make this stuff work for myself so I can get the fuck out of this dead end job that I hate so much. And this is the place that I chose to spend the last day of my 20s. And now here I am in a great mood, trying to have a wonderful, positive day and look forward to the rest of this week, celebrating myself for once in my fucking life, celebrating my own life that usually I want to (laughs) end. And I have to deal with this fucking Connecticut giving me her terrible, horrible attitude with her nasty bitch face. What the fuck was I thinking? So the food comes out. And her and her husband decide they're going to like split whatever they're eating. So he cuts his stupid sandwich in half and gives it to her. I had no idea of this at the time. But as the food got there, I'm behind the person who dropped it off. And I'm looking at her and I can already see her face twisting that she's pissed about something. And there's just been issues from start to finish. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this bitch now, right? So I'm looking at her and she's like putting her finger in the salad, picking it apart. And I'm like, "Mm, that's kind of gross. When's the last time you washed your hands? So I notice that she's like picking out beat by beat. So they're like the dark purple beats that she's pulling out. So I went over there and I was like, is everything okay? And she looked at me and she goes, did the menu say that there's beets in this? And I said, "Uh, yeah, it's called the beet and goat cheese salad. So I think that would allude to the fact that there's beets in it. And she's like, I just didn't know that there were beets in it. I really don't like beets. And I said, all right, well, I can take your salad back. And I will throw that one out and have them make you a new one. And she was like, no, it's fine. Like, it's such a problem for her to wait two more fucking minutes for them to throw together a new salad. I'm like, are you sure? It'll really just take a couple minutes. It won't be long at all. No, it's fine. I'll just deal with it. Deal with it. Like her life has been made so difficult by having to pick out and or avoid or just eat the beets that she's not fucking allergic to that she claims she doesn't like. Like her life has been so inhibited today by having beets in her fucking salad that she ordered. Unfucking believable. So now I'm watching her from a distance at the bar use an iPhone flashlight on her salad, the fucking drama of it all, okay? An iPhone flashlight that her son is shining into the goddamn salad so she can pick out every beat. And I walked over there and I'm like, I'm going to get you a new salad. It's fine. So she picks up the plate, okay? Keep this in mind when I tell you the rest of the story. She picks up the plate and hands it to me and says, okay, fine. Gives me the salad with the beets to take back. I don't know what she thought I was going to do with it. I don't know if she thought I was going to motorboat it with my face and try to eat the arugula like it was a pair of tits. I don't know what she thought I was going to do other than throw it out. So I immediately went into the back, threw it out, asked them to make me a new salad without beets. To which we all laughed and rolled our eyes that she wanted the beet salad without beets, but it is what it is. So I come back out knowing it's going to take like two minutes and I walk over to the table and I'm like, hey, the salad will be right out. Sorry about that. I'm now apologizing because I'm trying to salvage the rest of my day. That was a selfish apology. I am trying to turn this fucking experience around for myself because little does she know she is making me the most aggravated I have been probably all fucking year in these 10 minutes because she is such a miserable, nasty cunt bitch. Excuse my language. 
And I just don't understand how people treat other people the way that this woman treated me for the hour and a half that she was there with your goddamn $97 bill. Get the fuck out of here. Wasn't even worth shit. And this bitch says to me as I'm explaining to her that the new salad will be right out. Well, the other half of my husband's sandwich was on there, so I guess it's too late to get that, isn't it? And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I threw out the salad because I'm not really sure what else I was going to do with it. You didn't want it, so I threw it out. I didn't realize there was a fucking half of a sandwich on the plate. Like, that's my fault. Like, I cut the sandwich and put it on the fucking plate and then didn't tell somebody or take it back. How the fuck am I supposed to know? I'm not looking at the goddamn plate. I threw it out. So I looked at her and I said, hold on one second. I'll be right back. I started to walk away and she yells across the fucking dining room, yells across the dining room. Every customer in the bar area where she was sitting is looking at her like she's fucking insane. And she says to me, well, I don't want you to go back there and get it out of the garbage. I fucking swear the bones in my neck almost fucking snapped. I turned my head back around so fast and I looked at her without even thinking about it. No hesitation, no intention. I just literally looked at her by accident, but didn't give a fuck with the death glare and this twisted up nasty gay face because what I wanted to do was rip her chair out from under her, smash it on the floor and tell her what a miserable, nasty, horrible, terrible person that she is. And I don't know how anyone has the patience to be involved in her life. But of course, I couldn't do that because I have bills to pay. And I looked at her, just looked at her in such confusion and disgust and said, do you really think that I'm going to go back into the kitchen and pull your sandwich out of the garbage, put my hands in the fucking pile of garbage of people's food scraps to take your piece of sandwich out and put it back on a plate and bring it out to you. I'm going to serve you half of a sandwich from the garbage that you allowed me to throw out. Are you high? Are you on crystal meth? Obviously, I'm going to the kitchen in a nice restaurant, okay? This isn't fucking Arby's to ask the chef to make you a brand new sandwich at no cost to you. So now your husband will have his half of his $25 sandwich that you didn't allow me to throw out and a full new one. And if you don't fucking want it, you can put it in a box and shove it up your fucking box which I'm sure there's dust coming out of because I can't imagine with that nasty, horrible attitude that you've been railed in quite a while by that miserable pencil neck piece of shit husband you have, okay? I can't imagine that that's what's going on. So that must be why you're so fucking miserable. I went over to my manager and explained the whole situation and I was like, you need to go over there and handle this because I swear to God, I am not going back to that table until they want the check. And I may even have you bring it over because I am at my limit. I have been working in restaurants on and off for 10 fucking years. Okay. 10 fucking years. And I have had a lot of difficult, nasty people that I am usually pretty good at dealing with. This one almost pushed me over the edge. When I tell you I was five fucking seconds from saying, fuck it, having a case of the fuck it throwing all my shit on the floor and quitting and walking up to that table and saying, let me fucking tell you something about yourself, you miserable, nasty bitch. But I refrained. So that's what happened. I didn't fucking go back to that table until it was time for them to pay. And I'm telling you, it's the craziest thing. My manager went over there 
and talked to her and like just re-explained the same fucking things I was saying. And she was the sweetest fucking flower on the wall to this bitch, my manager. I could not fucking believe it. And then I came back over there and she was like saying thank you to me. Keep your niceness and shove it up your fucking asshole. Don't try to be nice to me now. You've been miserable for no reason. I think the real reason she didn't like me is because her son, who is about 15, is clearly a fucking closet homo. You could see it all over the fucking place. And she hates him because she's a fucking Christian with a stick up her ass. So here comes gay me with my fucking blowout and my fake glasses. And she was not happy. She, I was just a representation of her fag son that she cannot stand. I went to grab the check and swipe their card. And I made sure I did it myself because I wrote down his name. I wrote his name in my iPhone notes that I saw on his credit card. And I promise you on everything that I love on my life, the day I quit that fucking restaurant and never have to go back, I am going to find him on Facebook because he is old and miserable and he is only for sure, if anything, using Facebook because all of those miserable, nasty old people only know how to use Facebook because it is archaic. And I'm going to find him and I'm going to tell him what a miserable piece of garbage I think him and his wife are. I am going to do that the day I quit that restaurant. It is in my notes, ready to go. And if you think I'm playing games, I'm not. I feel like the past, mm, I want to say month, but really in overdrive the past week or so, I've been doing a lot of reflection over my 20s, right? And I feel like I would have done that anyway. I feel like it's natural when you get to this stage and you have like a milestone birthday, milestone year, you always reflect when it's coming to a close, right? But I feel like even more so, because I knew I wanted to talk about this, I've been thinking about it even more. And I'm not a person who really gives a shit about New Year's Eve. A lot of the years I've worked and I haven't really done anything. Um, funny enough, when I was 21, I think, my first New Year's Eve being 21 and like able to go out and not worry about if I was going to get in somewhere, I took off of work and I planned to go to the city with my then boyfriend and we were talking about maybe doing like the Times Square thing, which is like another testament to how much you change in your 20s, because I would rather fucking die in a house fire than go to goddamn Times Square or New York City on New Year's Eve because it's a shit show. But I ended up getting super sick the night before New Year's Eve and I had like a flu or something. I had a dumb high fever and just ended up sitting on the couch <laughs> with my boyfriend and his roommate. Shout out to Amy, Amy Sebs. She was uh, his roommate at the time. And we all just like hung out in the living room while I was dying on the couch. So I'm really not like into New Year's Eve in the sense of feeling like it's a fresh and new beginning. I feel that way about my birthday because it's the changeover of my year, you know, like it's the close of a year in my life and the start of a new one. So I don't know why like the calendar year feels that way to people. It doesn't make sense to me. I feel that way about my birthday because it's a restart of another year of my life, not everyone's fucking year at the same time, you know. So I always feel that way about my birthday and I always feel like I kind of reflect this year because it's 30, because it's the end of my 20s, which are such a pivotal time. I feel that way even more. So I was thinking back to like, where was I and what was I doing on this day 10 years ago? Like, what did I do for my 20th birthday? And I remember when I turned 20, 
I had just broken up with my few month fling, which I had then referred to as my first boyfriend and now realize as I've gotten older that that was not a fucking relationship. That was like a friend with benefits. Did we really like each other? Yeah, at the time. Was it a relationship? A hundred percent the fuck not. But at that time, when I had nothing else to compare it to, I believed that that was my first ex-boyfriend and it is not. (laughs) That's actually who I was talking about in the Thanksgiving episode last week when I was talking about going to the city and walking past old spots and seeing the old apartment. That was the guy that lived there. And now I'm like, that was not a relationship. But at the time, it felt really serious. And I thought I was in love and all this shit, right? So I was miserable I guess we stopped seeing each other. Hmm. We were talking for a few months. We met on the interweb back in the day (laughs) when all those dating sites were new. People were still using plenty of fish. When's the last time you heard someone under the age of 50 on plenty of fish? Ugh. We had started talking probably in like March of that year. I was 19. And then we stopped seeing each other April, May, June, July, like three or four months later. And by six months after that, my birthday, December, I was still fucking miserable over it. So I remember I was with my friend Lauren. Shout out to Lauren. Her and I were literally inseparable at the time. We worked together. I basically lived at her house. I didn't have a car, so I drove her black Jetta everywhere. It really was like our car, but she paid for it. And I just filled up the gas tank. I would leave work in her car and drive home because I would get out earlier. And I would get ready and get all dressed to go out because we literally went out like five nights a week back then. And I would come back and pick her up at like one o'clock in the morning or two o'clock if it was a Saturday because we worked at goddamn Applebee's. And I would pick her up in her own car and then we would go to the bar. We would go to the one bar in my town that I was able to get into because I was hanging out with all of them who were much older than me. They were in their 20s. And because I was part of that crew, I got to know all the bartenders at this bar, which I won't name (laughs) since they served me underage. But I guess it doesn't matter because they're out of business anyway. But whatever. So we would go to this bar every fucking night. So for my 20th birthday, we decided we were going to go out and we were going to go there because there was nowhere else for me to fucking get in. So I remember I went to work. Lauren like had a cake for me, did this whole thing. It was so much fun. And then we went to the bar after work and we partied until like five o'clock in the morning. And I remember at one point we were out on the front steps smoking and I was like getting upset about the guy that I had dated because I still wasn't over it. (laughs) So I was all upset and we were like looking up at the sky. It was super gay. We were smoking cigarettes and she was giving me like a pep talk about how I was going to meet someone great, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I turned 20. I had the best night. I actually remember that we had three 21st birthdays for me (laughs) at the same bar. And the last one was real. Every year we would say it was my 21st because we didn't want like the other people that worked there that didn't really know or if the owner came in occasionally to think I was underage. So every time we celebrated my birthday there, it was my 21st. And the third time we did it, it was real. So for my 20th, We literally got wasted with everybody from work. And like our crew of people used to be like 20 people deep. And then the bar would have people in it. So it would always be packed, right? 
and we would have friends come that we didn't work with, but were like part of when we would hang out. So we had like 20, 25 people that we would just go out with to a bar. It was ridiculous. But the bars always liked it because they knew they were going to make money off of us because we were all in the industry. So we were tipping well. And there was a ton of us and we were all separately tipping them, you know, so we always got hooked up and they always liked having us there because they knew they were going to make money. We got so wasted. We were like dancing on the bar. This is when camera phones were like not that great, but good enough that you could make out what was happening and who it fucking was. And that was a disaster. I think the Samsung Galaxy like two had just come out iPhones were on like iPhone four just for a reference point. So shit was a little grainy, but you could still see what was going on. And I remember someone had a digital camera that they brought, which obviously was better quality at the time. And they were taking videos and pictures and whatever. So I remember we all slept at my friend Lauren's house, like a couple of us. And we woke up the next day and it was literally like the hangover. We were like, what the fuck happened? What was going on? And we immediately went to look at like pictures and videos and see what we could find to piece together after a certain part of the night. And it was so bad that we were like, all right, we're going to finish looking through these and watching them. And then we are deleting 50% of it because I never want to see it again. And no one else can ever see it again. When I tell you we were literally on the bar, like five of us, we would always get on the bar and dance, dancing and like doing all this weird too sexual shit my shirt was off someone like took my shirt off (laughs) it was so bad so we deleted a bunch of that shit some of it whatever was mildly appropriate is still on instagram it's pretty fucking scary i'll actually have to find those and post some of them on my story after this episode comes out because they're pretty fucking funny just to see me as myself at that age like looking back is funny as shit so during my 20th year I ended up meeting my first real boyfriend. That relationship lasted two and a half years. When I met him, I had just turned 20 and he was 28, which is super fucking weird to think about now because one, I was very mature for my age. I actually think I'm getting less mature as I'm getting older (laughs) because I act like the same person and the same wild and crazy loud fucking asshole. But when I was 20, 21, 22, it was cute. But then like the way I was outside of that environment seemed very mature. And now that I'm still the same way at now turning 30, it seems like I'm immature and I don't give a fuck. I'm staying young forever and I'm having fun. I don't give a shit. I don't have a stick up my ass, whatever. So 20 to 22 and a half was like a whirlwind of figuring out being in love with somebody else being in a relationship he was much older than me so he was in a different place like I couldn't imagine now at 29 so when he was 29 I was 21 I can't even imagine dating a 21 year old it's hard for me to even have conversations with a 21 year old outside of like my brother and my cousin and people I'm related to and my brother and my cousin are like little adults They have their shit together. They know what they're doing. I feel like some young people in this generation, like this younger generation in general, are a little smarter and thinking about things that we may not have been. And maybe some of us were, but a lot of us weren't when it comes to their future and investing and credit and all of that stuff. Like, I feel like they are looking into things without the guidance of parents, without the suggestion from parents that we 
didn't think about without that guidance or suggestion, you know? So they're already kind of more mature, I think, in a different way. And then they look like idiots on the TikTok. (laughs) So everybody has their thing. But that was like such a whirlwind, that relationship, I remember. And I just didn't know, looking back, how to handle my emotions, how to react to things in a way that was appropriate. So I used to just flip out about shit, right? Like I would get super jealous. And mind you, I mean, he wasn't exactly doing the stand-up thing all the time. (laughs) We had some issues about some things that had gone on that were less than appropriate to my fucking standards. (laughs) But I'm also like super relationship conservative. Does that make sense? I am like old school traditional, which sounds crazy because I'm a homo, in the sense of like, I want to be in a monogamous relationship where people don't do stupid shit and worry about other people. I'm very loyal. It's probably because I'm a Sagittarius. I'm very honest. I'm very upfront. I'm not going to be the one that you catch doing like weird shady shit behind your back or saying shady shit behind your back. Like it's all out in the open. If I've got something to say, I'm going to fucking tell you. If you don't like it, oh well. If I want to go do something else because I'm not happy in this relationship, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to leave this fucking relationship and go do what the fuck I want because that's what I want to do. That's the kind of person I am. So I think that sometimes I expect other people to be that way as well. And not everyone else is that way. And that is disappointing. And then that starts to like through my 20s that built a little bit of a wall, I guess, because I was afraid to continue to be hurt and disappointed the way that I was at such a young age. My first boyfriend and I are still very good friends to this day. We talk every now and then. And it took, I would say, a couple years, again, because I was young and being fresh out of something that was your first love and your first relationship. I just needed to like separate myself. So it took us quite a while to get to the point where we could be distant friends. And at this point, I don't give a shit what he's, you know, like, I don't give a shit what he's doing. It doesn't matter to me at this point. I'm so far past that. But at the time, it didn't feel that way. So him and I are still very good friends. But I do think that that relationship at the time, not so much in the long run, but at the time was a little more damage than it was good because he was older. And I think that he might have made the mistake of thinking that because I was mature, in how I acted for 2021, 20, 22, that I should kind of be on his level when it came to relationships and things that were expected and, and how we acted. And not to say that he always acted appropriately because that would not be true, but I think he was expecting something that you just don't really get from someone that age. Because as I always say, you could be the most mature person in the fucking world in your early 20s, but there is zero substitute for life experience. There is no substitute for time, things that take you time to learn, things that take you time to get over. There's no substitute for time and there is no substitute for life experience. And unfortunately, when you're 20, 21, 22, you don't have that much life experience as a conscious adult. And that's not to say that you couldn't have had things that happened to you that help form who you are, whether that's in a negative way or a positive way. That's not to say that you haven't been through difficult experiences in your younger years, because of course, that's a possibility and something that's very common. But I also think that you're not fully conscious of life as an adult. You only start to become that way, rather, in your 20s. So I think that it makes sense 
that that relationship didn't work out the way that I thought it would because we were in two different places in life. And I'm sitting here thinking about me trying to date a 21-year-old now, which I never fucking would. How could I expect them to be on the level that I am when it comes to life? Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean to say that in the sense of who's better or worse, because it's not about that. You're just in a different place. I can't expect you to be in the place that I'm in when there's all these years between us. And I do feel like age gaps in your later 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, I feel like that doesn't matter as much. I feel like once you pass a certain age and maturity level and amount of experience, it doesn't matter so much, right? So I think that if I was 28 at the time and he was nine years older than me, we probably would have had a very different experience than we did. And I think that that relationship was meant for me to learn from and not so much learn about relationships, but learn about myself and what I wanted from a relationship and how I wanted to act in a relationship. Because now I have such a different perspective at 29 when it comes to relationships and how I handle things and how I react to things than I did then. And that has only happened through making mistakes and reacting poorly and handling things poorly and then being self-aware enough to say, well, this seems to be a pattern. I keep reacting to something this way and I can't control what other people are doing. As cliche as it sounds, I can only control how I react. And that helped me adjust. And now I'm at the point where I don't react in like a crazy or obnoxious or loud way, you know, like I'm very loud and obnoxious in my personality. But then I think how I handle things in serious relationships and relationships, whether they be romantic with family, friendships, whatever. I feel like I'm now the person who takes a step back when something is upsetting me. And when something makes me feel angry, I take a step back and I think on it. And I like to say to myself, well, you're really upset about this right now because you're in the heat of the moment. But let's just chill for a fucking second and let's take a minute and come back to this later or tomorrow. And if I'm still just as mad tomorrow as I am today at 12 noon <laughs> about whatever's happening, then I'm going to fucking flip out. Then I'm going to say what the fuck I want to say. And I swear to God, eight and a half times out of 10, the next day, I'm like, I don't even care enough to cause an issue or say anything because it's not that important. And if I wake up the next day, those two and a half times, and I'm like, I'm still fucking pissed and I need to say this, this, and this about this. I absolutely will, but I'll probably handle it in a better way than I would have, even though I should still address it because it's clearly important because I'm still upset. I'll end up handling it in a more appropriate adult way than I would have had I reacted when I was emotional and in the heat of the moment when things were happening. You know what I mean? So I feel like through my 20s, that has been such a big lesson. And I learned that for the first time, many times in that relationship. So I feel like there's so much I took away from that, that I would never regret it. Absolutely 100% would do it all over again the same way, because it taught me so much about who I was or who I wanted to be. It almost taught me who I wanted to be because of who I was, if that makes sense. And also, I was 20 years old to 22. I was in the best shape I was ever in. My body looked great. I looked fucking great. I was a cute little fucking bitch. 
<laughs> and my boyfriend at the time was older and he was like one of the best looking guys I had ever seen in my life. We had such a good time together. Let me not let you think that this was a miserable, terrible relationship. We had a great fucking time together. A year into our relationship, not even a year, I was just 21. It was the first time I could like, like I said before, go out and not worry about if I knew the bartender that was going to serve me drinks. I could be ID'd wherever the fuck I went and I didn't give a shit. It was like the best time discovering new things. And I was doing that with this person. We went on a lot of great trips. We went to Ocean City, Maryland. It was the first time I had ever been there. It was the first time I felt like a real adult going on my own vacation that I booked and paid for as a surprise. I think it was for our anniversary one year. Maybe it was when was it was I was I 21 or 22? It was for our one year or two year anniversary. I don't fucking remember. But we went to Ocean City and I felt like such an adult, like booking my own vacation and planning something as a surprise. And we just got in the car, took off, and went on our trip. It was awesome. And experiences like that really stick out. And I remember what it felt like to do all those things for the first time. And that's such a great memory that I have with that person. And it's things that we still talk about today. You know, like once in a while, I'll be like, oh, you remember when we did this? It was so great. So I'm always grateful for that. So at 22 and a half, August of my 22nd year, we broke up. <laughs> we had gone on like a weekend getaway for his birthday that I surprised him with. And things just didn't go the way they were supposed to. I think I knew the relationship was over. I think he knew it too. I think we both knew we were in different places with different things going on. And it just wasn't the right time, right place, all of those things. And one night I just turned over and I, in bed and I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. And literally like a week after we got back from celebrating his birthday, maybe days, I was like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Again, not the way I think I would have handled it as a grown adult now, but whatever it is what it is. So at this time we had been living together. He moved into like my family's house and we were living in my bedroom. And it was fun and exciting for me that my boyfriend was living with me at the time. I was 22. But things got really crazy really quick. So we broke up. And I remember the day he was moving out, he had his mom help him move out. And I was so miserable and so upset. And we were like on okay terms. And we were talking. It was okay. And I remember I was somewhere. I wasn't at work. I was somewhere. And we were texting while he was like moving some stuff out with his mom. And I texted him back and I said, oh, are you going to be there when I get home? Because I wasn't really thinking about saying goodbye or whatever, all of that shit. And everything's very dramatic when you're 22. You know, like things feel like the end of the world, especially when, like I said, you have no experience. I thought this was the end of the world. How am I ever going to live? I'm never going to meet someone again. I'm going to be alone forever because I'm 22. And this was my first love, my first real relationship. So, of course, I had no idea that I was going to at some point wake up and feel fine and move on. And eventually I would meet someone else and feel the same way I did about him, maybe in a different way because it's never the same as your first. But you're going to feel just as excited about someone else as you did about this person. But you don't know that when you have nothing else to compare it to. How the fuck did, would I know that that time would come? When I had never been through it before, you know? So I remember he said he would be there when I got back. And I got home hours later and he wasn't there. Shit was just missing out of my room, right? So like the TV we had on my wall was his. The TV was gone. 
the bed frame, I think, was mine, but the mattress was his. So the mattress was gone, the bed frame was there. And then I was looking around at the walls and just things that were his were missing. Things in the room that had a place that were his were gone. So I'm looking around at this half empty room and I texted him and I was like, where are you? I thought you were going to be here when I got back. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like we had to take the moving truck and go to the new apartment with whatever. Um, I'm all done. I left. And I just like sat on the floor for a good hour and cried like a bitch. (laughs) I cried like a fucking baby because I was like so miserable about the fact that he wasn't even there when I got back. We didn't even really get to have a conversation about what was happening. And I didn't know the next time I was going to see him because we weren't seeing each other anymore. We also had worked at restaurants that were owned by the same people literally down the street from each other in a in like a little village setting and i knew i was going to run into him because he would come to our restaurant for things that he needed and whatever because he was managing it at the time and i was like that's going to be fucking weird i don't want to see you for the first time since you moved out of this fucking house at work around co-worker like that's just weird so that was crazy at the time and then i moved out literally days later. So I had just broken up with my first boyfriend and I didn't even get three days to process that shit (laughs) before a very tumultuous family situation occurred. And there was some words exchanged between my mother and I, and I love my mother to death. We have a great relationship these days. But I think when you're growing up in a setting where you have a parent that can be controlling and my mom is an Italian mom and she wants to do things the way she wants to do it and this is her fucking house and if you don't like it, you can leave and blah, 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 blah. It was just a different kind of parenting, I would say, than what I wanted or needed as somebody who's been very independent from a young age. You know, like I started working When I was a teenager, I got my first job when I was like 14 to make my own money to buy things that my parents didn't want to fucking buy me. Rightfully so. I wanted things that were expensive and unnecessary. I wanted a certain phone. I had the fucking sidekick when we were kids and I loved it. And that's what I wanted. (laughs) So I got a job to pay for it because my mom was like, I'm not fucking getting you your own separate cell phone plan and spending all this money on something that you don't fucking need. So if you want it, get a job. So that's what I did. I got a job and I bought it. My parents didn't want to spend $85 on Abercrombie jeans that were ripped up and bleached for no fucking reason, but I wanted those. So I went and I worked and I got those things. So I had felt so independent other than living at home because I got everything I wanted myself at that point from that point on, you know, other than like dumb shit. Like, of course, my mom went food shopping and I didn't have to do that. But anything I really wanted after a certain point, which was like 14 or 15, I made the money to buy myself. And it was exciting because I felt independent. It was exciting because nobody really was able to tell me no. I mean, they tried sometimes, but I was like, fuck you. I worked for this money. I'm going to go spend it. Don't tell me what to do. So I felt liberated in that sense. Then I got my first car. I didn't have a car until I was 21 because I didn't have anybody to just buy me a fucking car. So I had to save money. And um, my aunt helped me with a little bit of money. That was a gift, which was very generous. But the majority of that money was my money that I saved from working to get myself a car. And it was the most beautiful car in all of America. It was a 2004 Jaguar X-Type in mint condition with 80,000 miles. And I bought it for eight grand 
cash. And I don't think I had a literal another dollar <laughs> when I left that car dealership and that car. But I had a beautiful fucking car to drive around in. And it was so amazing because I was the only person out of like my friends that didn't have a car. So I was like relied on other people or my mom to fucking drive me places, especially when I was going to work and shit like that was annoying. I was 20 years old. My mom was picking me up from work at night like I was pissed. So that was such an amazing moment. And again, it felt like I accomplished something because I did it myself. So already feeling so independent throughout these years and arguing with my mom because I'm like 20, 21, working, paying for my own shit, like not really expecting anything or taking anything from her other than living in my house, my my childhood home, where I also contributed. But that's another story for another time. And I just felt like I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want to be controlled. I don't want you to ask me what time I'm coming home. I don't want to talk about where I'm going and what I'm doing. Like, what does it matter? I'm not, it has no effect on you. There's a lot of other things that went into that, that if I explained it would make more sense, but I'm not going to. So it was a very tumultuous argument and a lot of shit happened. And I literally just packed my shit and left my house and never went back and wasn't sure where I was going. I packed as much as I could fit in my car and left the rest and said, I'll see you later. And I called my boyfriend who I had just broken up with who moved out three days prior crying and I was just freaking out. And I stayed at my aunt's for a week and then I stayed at my dad's while he went on a work trip for a a month. And by the time he came back, I had found my first apartment. While I was staying there, I left my house with like, God, I was 22 at the time. I probably had like $1,000 in my bank account. Where the fuck is that going to get you? So I left my house and I stayed at my dad's for a month. And during that month, my car, the beautiful Jaguar, my dad was like, I'll leave you the keys to my car in case you need it while you're staying here. He was gone the whole month I stayed there. And I was like, no, you don't have to leave your keys. Like, I have my car. I don't need your car, but thank you. Thank God he fucking left his keys there. During the month that I was there, staying in his house, the fucking Jaguar, my beautiful Jaguar, something happened with the brakes and then the tires were like shot and fucked up. So it made this weird spigot sound. I brought it to the shop down the street from where my dad lived and the brakes were like so worn out, which I didn't know at the time because it was my first car, first time dealing with this shit and figuring it out. The brakes like were falling off and like hitting the wheel because they were so worn. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. So I needed like new brakes and new tires. Cost me like 500, 600 of my thousand dollars that I had had at that point. And I'm like trying to stockpile money into my account to get an apartment telling my dad like, well, I'll figure it out. By the time you get back from your trip, I'll have an apartment and I'll be moving out. And somehow, I don't know how I figured it out. I was freaking the fuck out when I spent all that money on getting the stuff I needed with the car in order. I'm like, I've got three weeks to find an apartment and now I have nobody. And I went to see like four apartments that were in my price range. I didn't want to pay like more than $1,400. And I saw some real shitholes. The places that people will call apartments on Long Island, I saw one that was a literal, like basically unfinished basement. It looked like Cinderella's fucking cellar for her to be locked in. (laughs) And they wanted like $1,200 for it. It was the size of a goddamn shoebox and it was disgusting. So when I found my first apartment, 
which was the best apartment. It was so nice when I walked in. It was a second floor. So you walked up like 20 steps onto this big like landing that I turned into a deck. And you walked into the front door of the apartment and it was the kitchen. Second floor, ton of windows, wasn't like a basement, wasn't dreary. Like it was beautiful. I walked in and I saw like the vinyl floors and the kitchen and I looked at the living room and I turned and I looked down the hallway and I looked at the landlord and I said, I will write you a check for this right now. (laughs) At the time I had two jobs. I was working in a restaurant and then I was working for my best friend's mom's real estate company. And I was like ready to roll. I came all dressed up in my cute little car and I'm like, I have two jobs. I'm never home. I need an apartment. And I was 22 and she like took a chance and gave it to me. She didn't do like a credit check or a background check. <laughs> I think that she had had the apartment listed for so long and the the people that were coming in were like families because it was a two bedroom and she really wanted one person. But I guess you can't really say that legally because it's a two bedroom. So she was getting people coming with like four kids and she had a tenant who ended up becoming one of my best friends living downstairs with a new baby. So she was like not wanting 5,000 people running around upstairs. And I was like, I'm never home. I work a ton. I just need a place to live. So I got that apartment and I moved in. And I remember I paid the security deposit. The apartment was like $1,200 a month. I paid the security deposit. I didn't know how I was going to pay the first month's rent because that was the rest of my money. So I fucking hustled and picked up extra shifts and figured it out. And before you knew it, I paid the first month's rent. I had moved in like a few days prior to the first of the month to start painting and stuff because the previous tenant was already out. And I remember the first day my dad and I started painting, we were racing against the clock because there was no electricity. So I called for the first time at 22 to sign up for a fucking PSEG account and start my electricity. And being 22 and naive, I thought that electric was like cable. I thought that they were just going to start an account in my name and boom, the electric was going to turn on the next minute. I didn't realize that they had to come out to the apartment and turn the fucking electric on somewhere. I don't know if it's on the pole, on the house. I don't know. They got to turn it on. So we were racing against the clock the first day we were painting because we had to do so before the sun went down. And my aunt came over to see the apartment and we were literally sitting in the kitchen after like an hour with flashlights and phone flashlights and candles because we had no fucking electricity. It is one of the funniest memories. I just remember at that point moving into that apartment, like everything started to feel better. I think that 23 was my favorite year of my 20s. 23 and 27 for two very different reasons. 23, I moved into that apartment. Well, I was 22. I was 22. I moved in. And then like three, four months later, I turned 23. And I just felt so liberated and so ahead of the game. I was the only one out of my friends that had my own apartment and was like living by myself, not living at home with my parents not being told what to do fucking finally. And I remember I was working in this town called Huntington, which is a great little village with a ton of fucking shit to do. It's the best place on Long Island to go out on a Saturday night. It is so much fun. And I remember every Saturday after work, I would get out around like 11, 11.30 and I would bring a change of clothes and I would go out And I would have two drinks at the beginning of the night. And then I knew I wasn't going to go home until at least four. So I would stop drinking, make sure I had a drink or two before like one o'clock, one thirty. 
And then for the rest of the night, I wouldn't drink. Sometimes I wouldn't drink at all, but I just wanted to be out with my friends, feeling good, having a good time, shaking my ass because, you know, that's what I love to do. Dancing on a table, having a great time. And I have some of the best memories from that time. And I would go home at like seven o'clock in the morning. I would be driving home. It would take me like 40 minutes to get from where I worked to where I was living. I would drive home like 40, 45 minutes at five, six, seven o'clock in the morning sometimes. I would come home, the sun was coming up. And it just didn't fucking matter because I had just gotten my cat and he was the only person that was waiting for me to come home and he could go fuck himself because he doesn't pay for a goddamn motherfucking thing. So I will do as I please and I will ignore his judgmental looks when I come in at seven o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And I remember like I always tell people who are younger than me who are like in relationships in high school or after high school or college. I always say there should be a point in your 20s, your early 20s, where you live alone and you're single for a good amount of that time. Because I was single from 22 to 24. It was about a year and a half total it worked out. And I was living in that apartment for that time. And when I tell you, I probably had hung out with, we'll call it, (laughs) all right, hooked up with maybe like two people during that period of time, multiple times, but two people. Most of the time, I wasn't even worried about that. It wasn't about being single to sleep around or or whatever. And if you want to do that too, that's fine. Honestly, at this point, now that I'm 30, I wish I fucked everyone and their fucking father (laughs) when I was 23 and 24. I wish I would have just been a whore, but I wasn't. It wasn't about that. It was about not having to answer to anyone and coming from a home environment where all I wanted was to run away and not fucking answer to anybody. I wouldn't have had the same experience had I been in a relationship. So to be able to go out and do my own thing and whatever the fuck I wanted for that year, year and a half that I did so was the most liberating and freeing feeling. And I feel like I had some of the best experiences of my entire life so far. And I learned so much more about myself and what I wanted. I went on a bunch of dates that year too. I was really big into the Tinder thing when it first really started to kick off. This was like 2015 I moved into this apartment. So I went on a bunch of dates and then like never saw those people again. And some of them were really fun and some of them were fucking terrible. But I learned a lot about like what I was looking for in people and what I really wanted. And I learned about myself because I had the time to be alone and be free and to explore and do whatever I wanted in life and come home when I felt like it. And nobody told me what to do because I fucking paid the bills there. You know what I'm saying? Even when my mom would come over, she would try to fucking tell me how to do things or like tell me how to raise my cat. And I would be like, you don't live here and you don't pay bills here. So if you want to tell someone what to do, go home to your house and tell those motherfuckers what to do because you're not going to do it here. And it felt good. Like, it felt good to have my own thing that nobody could take away or, or tell me how to live. If I wanted to leave shit wherever the fuck I wanted to leave it, it was my problem. You know, it was my own space. That apartment, the day I fucking left there in 2020, thanks to COVID, my landlord sold. I sat on the couch crying my eyes out. Like, like honestly, in a way, I don't think I've ever cried before. And it just went on for like an hour. That apartment was such an incredible 
gateway or open door into my future. Like it really, I don't think that my life would be the same. I don't think that I would be how or where I am now if I hadn't had that experience. And maybe it would have been in a different apartment, but it still would have happened. But without that time in that apartment, I don't think that I would be who I am today. I think that that period of my life was so formative and so important and housed and held some life-changing moments and experiences. And that's what I was thinking about when I moved out. When I moved in, there was a couch and a coffee table that the previous tenant left. And the landlord was like, oh, if you want this, you can have it. And I was 22 and poor. So I was like, fuck yeah, leave the couch. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that that was gross. Now, as a grown-up, I'm like, if I walked into an apartment and they were like, they're going to leave this couch if you want it, I would be like, ew, get that the fuck out of here. I don't want someone else's couch. But I wasn't thinking about that at that point. I was just thinking about, I'm poor, free couch, looks nice. And I kept that fucking couch the entire time I lived in that apartment. And before I was moving out, like three years, two years prior of the five that I lived there, I was like, this is kind of gross that I kept someone else's couch. It didn't register to me until I was like 25, 26, that this is fucking gross that I kept someone else's used couch. So anyway, I sat on that couch the day I moved in and the walls were ugly colors. I remember the living room was green, like a fucking green screen. And then other parts of the house were like bright red, like all of the fucking colors didn't make sense. Then there was a baby blue in the in the spare room and you could see it with the door open contrasting against the fucking green. (laughs) It didn't make any sense. So I sat on that couch and I looked around the first day I got the keys and I was like, wow, what an incredible moment. I can't believe this is my apartment. I was scared. A ton of emotions. And I sat on that couch the day that I was leaving to drop the keys off and I looked in the same spot, looked around, everything was different. The colors were different. The setup was different. The whole apartment was different, but it was the same couch, same perspective, same vantage point, looking down that hallway. And I just thought about all of the things that had happened, good, bad, indifferent, since I had lived in that apartment or that I had experienced in that apartment. It was just so crazy to reflect on that. And that was one of the most important times of my life and finding that place and moving into that part of my life at 23 is what made that my favorite year. And then all of the experiences that surrounded it, I did so much great shit throughout 23 because of living alone and living in that place and having the freedom that I think that year will always be one that sticks out in my mind as a pivotal moment in my life. And then 24, (laughs) I met one of the biggest mistakes of my life. (laughs) Not really, because that was another learning experience. But I was in a relationship for another two and a half years, 24 to 27, four or five, six, seven. Okay, so about three years, I was in this relationship. And come to find out... Who knew, not me, that for the last six months of that relationship, this motherfucker had a whole nother relationship on the side. And I had no fucking idea. And at this point, after my first relationship, I was so crazy and over the top. And I was always going through his phone. And I was always looking at his shit. Partially because the first one was constantly lying to me. (laughs) And every time I looked for something, I found something. But in my second relationship, I was like, 
I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be the person who's going through their phone and doing all that shit. I just have to learn to trust someone until they give me a reason not to. What a fucking mistake that was. Ladies, if you are listening and gentlemen too, if you feel like you need to go through their phone, fucking do it. There's probably a reason. Don't do it all the time. Don't do it every day. But if you feel like there's a hunch, there's something going on in your stomach that's telling you to look through their fucking phone, do it. I (laughs) saw his Apple Watch sitting on the bathroom counter and I don't know what we had had months of like the relationship was rocky and up and down right the the whole last year I was like I don't know about this I don't know if this is what I want to do anymore and I think we both felt that way but not to the point where I thought we were going to break up just yet but I knew like I wasn't 100% happy but I wasn't out fucking other people You know, like, that's just not something that I was thinking about doing. If I want to do that, I'm going to leave. So he left his watch in the bathroom, the watch that I had bought him, mind you. And I don't know, something snapped in me. I was like, hmm, that's weird. He never leaves his Apple Watch on the counter. And I was like, oh, he never leaves his Apple Watch on the counter. And a light bulb went off. And I was like, something's going on here. So I literally guessed his password. (laughs) Because when you're with someone for long enough, you know the fucking numbers that they use on the regular. And I started scrolling through this thread of messages between him and this guy. And the shit that I read was unbelievable. And now he's knocking on the door. I'm reading through it. And they're texting at this moment. So I'm in the fucking shower, so he thinks. And he's texting his little mistress on the side from his phone in the bedroom. And I'm scrolling through this shit. And he had just started laundry. And the laundry was in the bathroom. The washer dryer was in our bathroom. In that same apartment. This is what I'm saying. Like, I lived two relationships in that apartment. My first boyfriend had come over when I first moved in. Like, everyone I've dated has been in that apartment. It's crazy, the shit that's gone on there. So the laundry was in the bathroom. He had just started laundry. And he had been looking for a shirt that he couldn't find to put in the wash. And then he found it. So now he's banging on the door while I'm scrolling through the watch, pretending I'm in the shower. And he's like, oh, I found uh, I found the shirt. I got to throw it in the wash. And I know in my head that he realizes that he left his watch in there and he's shitting himself because he knows if he's texting someone that his watch is going off and I might look at it. And I had locked the door because I'm smarter than that. And I'm like, oh, I'm on the toilet. Give me a minute. He's continuing to bang on the door. And I opened the door and fucking threw and smashed that watch that I purchased into the wall, lost my fucking mind, opened the kitchen cabinet and started throwing everything in the house. Mind you, I'm smart enough that I was differentiating (laughs) between what stuff I wanted, what was mine that I refused to break and punish myself and what I didn't give a fuck. And I was just throwing shit at the wall and screaming. And then I left and I didn't come back till the next day. I had actually quit smoking for a year, almost a year and a half. And I am like a heroin addict or a crackhead. When bad situations happen, I go running for my drug. It's just tobacco. And I sped to 7-Eleven and bought a pack of cigarettes so fast and smoked the whole thing. So that relationship was fucking over because the last thing I'm going to tolerate is cheating. Absolutely the fuck not. And then I decided I wanted to be single forever. (laughs) So at 27, I decided I was going to be single forever and I wanted not a thing to do with anyone. And then I accidentally met the love of my life. Oops. (laughs) 
<laughs> Little did I know at the time, I was just fucking around talking to some people. And then one of those people I was talking to turned out to be one of the best people I had ever met. <laughs> and we used to stay on the phone for hours all night long. We would literally be up until like six in the morning talking on the phone for like two weeks straight. And I accidentally was like, oops, I fell in love. <laughs> Me of all people. So I feel like something changed mentally, like around 26, 27. I think that at 27, I really wasn't even thinking about yet that my 20s were coming to a close or that I was rapidly approaching 30. I feel like when I was about to turn 28, I started thinking about that stuff. But somewhere between 26 and 27, there was like a mental shift. And I feel like everyone has that at some point in their 20s. I just don't know if it's at exactly the same place, I guess, or you hope people have that at the end of their 20s. But something changed, you know, like something just made more sense than it did before. But I still can't exactly point out what that is. But I know it's there, you know, and I like I know things felt different and my mentality shifted. I just don't know exactly why or when. So I think that I wasn't really scared of turning 30 at that point. Then when I turned 28, I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. Like we're getting to the end here. <laughs> I think 28 was my least excited birthday. Like it was, I, I wasn't excited to turn 28. I was like, I have to do a bunch of shit before I turn 30. Like this is the end of my life. <laughs> I don't know why sometimes we treat turning 30 like it's the end of something when it's really just the beginning of something else. And if it is the ending of anything, being your 20s, it's the end of something that you should be ready to move out of. I feel like in the place that I'm in now, with the way that I think and the way that I handle myself and and other things and other people, I am ready to leave the 20s behind. I'm ready to leave that person who I was when I was 21, 22, 23 back there. And I loved being that person when I was him, but I'm not that person anymore. There's a lot of things about me that are so very different. And that's why I get so aggravated about this like cancel culture shit when they start pulling things up from people's past and the people they're talking about are like 22, 23. And they're talking about things like that you did or said when you were fucking 15, 16, 17 and didn't realize the repercussions of your actions or that anything back then would be held against you all these years later. And I'm not saying that's an excuse to be hateful or terrible to people. I just think that when you say stupid shit at a young age, you don't really think about what repercussions that could have. You know, like, I didn't even really think about that at 22, 23. I said it did a bunch of dumb fucking shit that I look back if I see a post or if I see a video or anything in a way that I was acting back then, I'm like, oh my God, that is so cringy. I wouldn't fucking do that now. You know, you learn and you grow so much in your 20s that I almost feel like in most instances, you should just get a free pass for being a fucking idiot as long as you're not hurting anyone because there's just so much evolution and change in your mind. You know, like obviously we all know scientifically that your brain doesn't fully finish forming until you're about 25. And I think that somewhere in that period is this like crossover I'm talking about where your mentality changes. And it's just crazy to me 
that we hold ourselves accountable or other people hold us accountable for dumb shit that happens in your 20s. There's so much dumb shit that happened in my 20s that would never fucking happen now. So I think at 28, I was kind of like, oh no, we're approaching the end. And I felt really like scared of it and upset about it. And I got over that pretty quick. It was just like the birthday I didn't want to celebrate. And I was also going through like some personal relationship stuff. And I was like single for a short period of time. I had moved out of my relationship and then back into it. But during the time of my birthday, we were not together. So I was already feeling weird about that. And then the age thing and the end of the 20s, just there was so much going on in my mind that I was just fucking miserable about it. 29 felt like whatever, because I guess I had already accepted it at that point. And that's why, like, when people have been making jokes like the past month or two, especially like my mom and my family and my friends being like, oh, you're turning 30. You're turning 30. Like they think I'm upset about it or they think I'm scared of it when actually I'm excited. So I guess I moved past that earlier than 30. Like I wasn't afraid. So with that being said, here we are. Here we are. It's all over. (laughs) The 20s are officially over. We are sitting here a little hungover (laughs) on Tuesday, December 6th. I am officially 30. I had a great night with my family, hanging out, doing a bunch of drinking, eating too much food, eating cake, being sung to with candles like I can't fucking stand. (laughs) So, of course, I wanted to run around and ask my family some questions about being in their 30s and leaving their 20s behind. So first up is my dad, who is looking back from the ripe age of 53. My Aunt Tara is in her 40s, rapidly approaching 50, but don't tell her I told you that. (laughs) My cousin Jess, and of course, my Nana. My Nana is the beautiful young age of 70 years old, and her perspective is one that I always gain some sort of knowledge from. She has so much life experience behind her. She's had quite an intense life in good and bad ways. And I love to hear her stories of things that she's experienced and how she rationalizes things and what those experiences have taught her because I think she is one of the most incredible people that I know. She is one of my best friends. She is somebody that I look to for advice and for some sort of solace and comfort. And I love to hear her perspective on things. And it actually really interested me that her perspective and my aunt's perspective, the way that they answered the questions, were very similar and kind of made the same point. And, you know, coming from a mother and daughter, I think that's so interesting because when my father and my aunt answered the questions, my nan and my cousin were outside on a smoke break. <laughs> So she didn't hear my aunt answer the questions. And then when she came in and I asked her the questions, she really didn't know what the fuck was going on. So to hear her answer be kind of similar to her daughters, even though they're in different stages of life, they kind of like look at things in the same way and have the same perspective was so interesting to me. So let's see what everybody in my crazy family had to say. Okay. Favorite year of your 20s. Favorite year of my 20s? Um, favorite, like, favorite age? Yeah, like, what was your favorite year of your 20s? Mm. And why? 
28, because I got divorced. <laughs> How's that sound? That's great. Next question. What is your biggest regret of your 20s? And don't say getting married. <laughs> uh, biggest regret. Mm, I don't really have any regrets, honestly. Okay. So that's a bad question for me. Most exciting thing that happened in your 30s? Most exciting thing that happened in my 30s was probably opening my business. What felt different about your 30s versus your 20s? I was older. That's a stupid answer. I mean, yeah, more mature, more experience. Yeah, I guess um, life became easier at some certain point in time. Favorite year of your 20s and why? Um, probably 23 because I was single and fabulous. <laughs> biggest regret of your 20s? Um, my biggest regret of my 20s? No. No. I love being married. Probably looking at myself for not my self-worth and recognizing that. Knowing that I was so much more but don't f not feeling it at the time. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that was deep. Thanks. I wasn't ready for that. Okay, most exciting thing that happened in your 30s? Being a mom of two beautiful girls. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, en no. and enjoying yeah, every, too. yeah, every minute of, sure. I was 30 when she was born and I was 27, right? Yeah. 31, 27, 31, yeah. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Um, what felt different about your 30s versus your 20s? Um, more mature and just um, having more responsibility and being afraid of it a little bit because there's a lot that comes at you. Um, and recognizing that life is not as easy as it is in your 20s. Yeah. Yes. Versus feeling kind of like carefree and everything's easier. You don't really care about it as much. Yeah. And then the responsibilities hit, and then the you all of a sudden have to be a real adult. Right. And an adult things. Yeah. 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 And nobody looks at you anymore and is like, oh, you're 26. And you get away with it. And nobody cares. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're only 25, so no worries. But now you're 32, 35, and it's like, uh, really? Get it together. Yeah. It's not funny anymore. Exactly. Yeah, come on. Mm -hmm. I like that. Wow, great answers. You win. Okay, are you ready? You be quiet. Sir. All right, shut up. I don't need back. Are you going to sing? Oh, wait. No. What was your favorite year of your 20s and why? When my daughter Tara was born, I was 21. She was the best gift of my life. Wow. In her 20s. He was her baby boy, though. But my son was in my teens. My first one and only. So, of course, he'd be my baby boy. We're talking about 20s. I know, but I had to add that. How old were you when you got pregnant for the first no. time? Baby Tizzo? No, because no, you're the favorite. 16. Woo! I was 16 pregnant. What seven, year was that? 1968. Wow. And my firstborn, the love of my life as well, was... 1969, 17. I'll have you know if this is in the background of the recording, I'm including it anyway, so whatever you're saying, you are signing the release, okay? 
Sorry. No, baby boy. Okay, so 21 was your favorite year because that was the year you had Aunt Tara. Correct. Uh, what was your biggest regret of your 20s? I don't think I had any. Aww. Why not? <laughs> because in my 20s, everything started happening. I had two children. I bought a home. I bought my first new car. My husband got the best job in the world, and we were doing okay. What was the most exciting thing that happened in your 30s? <laughs> it's a long time ago, so think hard. <laughs> oh, I'm 70 now, so we're talking 40 years ago, people. Get that in mind. But I would have to say, I think I finally came to my own. I get, I started to be able to live life the way I would have liked it to be. Wow, that's almost the same right? as your answer. That's, that's really weird. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Dad said, <laughs> <laughs> Dad said his favorite year of his 20s was 28 because he got divorced. <laughs> okay, what, what felt... What felt different about your 30s versus your 20s? Older, maturer, more understanding of life. That's what I said too. You two are very similar. We are. Oh, I said the same thing. Yeah, but you had a few words for me. Wait, also, how old are you? 70. Woo woo! Okay. No, okay, no, because okay. it would be a goddamn lie. <laughs> All right, Jess, you're up. What was your favorite year of your 20s and why? I would have to say 25. I would have to say 25 because I was a quarter of a century. And those were the good old days where all your friends were single and you could just go out and have a grand old time and went to the city. What is your biggest regret of your 20s? Probably going out and drinking too much. <laughs> What was the most exciting thing that happened in your 30s? Stepping up in professionally, because when you're in your 20s, you're kind of green and learning. So in my 30s, I felt more empowered and more comfortable knowing the waters. So it was, it was more uplifting up that way, yeah, to move up the ladder. What felt different about your 30s versus your 20s? More aware of what life is really like instead of thinking what, you know, it's not, right. your rose-colored glasses kind of come off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I feel the same way. But I felt like that happened for me at, like, 27, 26. 26 was like, uh-oh, 27 was fun. Am I still on air? You're on the air. <laughs> but you were an old soul, Michael, so... Yeah, as I spill champagne all over my fucking like a child. You're an old soul, so that would make sense at your earlier years as opposed to later. Yeah. But I also had a different kind of lifestyle. Like, I moved out early, and I had, like, responsibilities in the beginning of my 20s that a lot of people I knew didn't. And you learned a lot. And I feel, yeah, like, I'm grateful for it. I wouldn't change it. But it was, it was different than the experience of a lot of people I knew that were my age that didn't have to worry about that stuff. So I feel like I was already mature, but I also had to like grow up always quicker. Mature, always more grown up and always more heartfelt. Leave it, leave it to Nana to say great things about me. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to say great about me? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. This man is the 
best thing that happened since sliced bread. Wow. Wow. Well, since since you're 70, when was the last time you bought bread that wasn't sliced? Right. Because, like, I always hear that, but when was bread not sliced? Probably when I was 10. Yeah, fuck that shit. That doesn't even... Wow, that's a long time for me to be the best thing since. But you're a grandma, so you're supposed to say that. Last question. Last question. Who is your favorite grandchild? That's not fair to ever ask that. Who is your favorite grandchild? Michael. In order. Megan. Shannon. (laughs) So Shannon's your least favorite? No. Uh, Are you saying that all as one? Yes. Who's your favorite? Michael. Everyone knows it's me. Everyone knows it's me. <laughs> I'm not saying that's not nice. But you do have a favorite secretly. Yes, I do. Did you hear that? She does have a favorite secretly. I believe that. Nobody will ever know. No offense, Shannon, but it's either it's either no no the grandchild. It's either me or you, Megan. Hundred percent. You are hundred percent Poppy's favorite. But that's not what we're talking about. It's either me or you. And honestly, it could go either way. You can't have none of two. It's a 50-50 shot. All right, give me that. So I want to say that every... You want to listen to this? No, because they'll know. That every grandchild that was born... I hate this answer already. At the time they were born, were always my specialty in my heart. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Love you, love you, but that's. I wanted to know if it was me or Megan because it could go either way. <laughs> and um, you're never gonna know that. No, and we'll just wonder forever. Yeah. What was your 27 comment? I said 27 was my favorite because you're mm-hmm. still young enough to be immature mm-hmm. and not look silly, mm-hmm. but old enough to be able to be in places where you. Can grow. Oh we talked about that before. Once you're in your 30s, it's like not cute anymore. No, you can't do silly things. Right. Yes. Right. You're accountable. Right. You can't go to the carnival and ride the elephant with no kids. Ah, well, I'm not having any fucking kids, so we can do it. Cheers to that. I feel like 23 and 27 were my two favorite years, but for very different reasons. 22, I moved into my apartment. 23, I was just getting like settled into adult life. 27 was my other favorite for a very different reason was because like I felt comfortable in being an adult that was the COVID year that was 2020 Mm. but I also did the most like I finally had the time unfortunately because of COVID to to be home and to not go to work for those three months and still make money but do nothing so we traveled like we took a trip to california we took a road trip we went to montauk for like a week we went on like three trips that summer because we were stuck in the house we were like what the fuck else are we gonna do i feel like i lived more in that time when everybody was like on lockdown i was living more than i ever had yeah so I feel like <clears throat> I saw more and did more in that year than I had the rest of my 20s. That's cool. So they're both my favorite for different reasons. Yep. You know, very different experiences, but both really important. So getting back to the grandchildren, who's the first? The first or the favorite? Favorite. Yeah, who's that? Same thing. It's Feeling the, the same way. And it's the boy. Oh, right. You're the golden boy, too. You have golden boy syndrome, just no, like your him. father. You both do because you're the first boy. 
That's what happens. It's like, oh, just put a halo over your head because yeah. you're the first boy, so... But That's I feel like sexist. It's, it's totally true. I love it. I don't care. My brother I'm not offended. The same. It's the same in the realm My of how you feel. He's the first boy, and he's the biggest jerk in the world. Well, and he can do no wrong. It was also an interesting perspective because not only was was it that, but I was the first grandchild in general. So for the first nine years until she was born. That was always different too, just being the first grandchild in general. Yes. Was, was All right, so can I say this? Yeah. So I'm 40 years old. You can say anything you want. Curse. I'm 40. Say something decent. I'm 40 years old. Say fuck. I'm 40 years old. Goddamn shit. Stop interrupting me. Say something bad. I was 40 years old, and I wake up on January 1st and my 40th. I'm like, holy shit. I'm fucking going to be 40. Right? Then all of a sudden I go, then all of a sudden, a few months later, your mom and dad come and say to me, you're going to be a grandmother. I'm like, your dad and mom say to me, you're going to be a grandmother. And I went, no, I can't be a grandmother at 40. No way in hell. I'm too young. She said, abort it. Get rid of it. No. Suck it out. No, didn't never say that. Just kidding. She's a Christian. Yeah. So I would never say that. But I said, no way in hell. You cannot tell me this. I'm having a hard time waking, being woken up on January 1st on my 40th year, telling me I'm going to be 40 years old. But your birthday's in October. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter. I was told January 1st of that year Uh that I was going to turn 40, (laughs) that I was going to be 40 years old, and I'm regretting it already. I'm going to be 40. What the fuck? Your math isn't adding up. I was born in December. But I was 40 when you were born. I turned 40 in October. You were born in December. So they told you two months prior? No, no, no. Oh, got it. Okay. Oh, maybe March, April. Whenever mom was whatever the month that she was. Okay? So So now as time goes on, mom's pregnant, showing more, blah, blah, blah. I'm still regretting. I'm regretting I'm 40. Nevertheless, I'm going to be a grandmother at 40. I just, like, I'm too young for all this. I don't want to be this. I was a young parent. It was really rough. So as time went on, your mom says to me, what do you want to be called? I have no fucking idea. (laughs) So she goes, you want to be called this, you want to be called that, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, that's all too old. I'm 40. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be called those things. So I said, can't he call me Lee and let's get over it already? Oh, my God, which I do as a joke <laughs> very often. And so <laughs> that's just the way life went from then. On my 40th birthday, I have to say, probably the best birthday I've had in many, many years. Oh, wow. So I cried because I didn't know why I was so worried what 40 was going to mean to me. Right. 
And then this specialty is born on December 5th. And I'm thinking to myself, the blessing is just overwhelming. So how would I not want to turn 40 that year? So I love you. So what you meant to say was that I am your favorite grandchild. I got it on, I got it on recording. Woo! Wow, that's crazy. I really, I really thought it was going to be you. I really thought it was going to be you. Wow. Holy shit. Good job, Nanner. <laughs> My dad saying 28 because he got divorced was the funny shit I heard all night. Do you guys see what I'm saying about the similarities between my Nana and my aunt and their answers? And do you think that I'm actually the favorite grandchild? Because I don't. I I think that after me badgering her, she just gave that to me because it was my birthday and she wanted me to feel good. But I still think it's my cousin, Megan. I still think she's the favorite. And honestly, I would be perfectly okay with that. Of course, besides reaching out to my family, besides putting them on the spot and asking them all of my questions, I had to fucking ask you, the listeners, the same exact questions. Of course, it is my favorite part of any episode where we include your responses. So let's get right fucking to it. Okay, first answer comes from the male perspective. He is 34 at this point. He says, I've always said that 26 to 28 were principal years because they have the balance of having experienced life and progression. Biggest regret in my 20s was not traveling more. It also gets harder as you age. Most exciting thing that happened in my 30s was getting married, because if I don't say this, I will be maimed. (laughs) Aside from your body breaking down, which will be the most popular answer, I think I don't take as much for granted and don't take as many risks as I would have when I was younger. So that's a different perspective when you're in your 30s, not taking as many things for granted and not taking as many risks. And I agree with half of that. (laughs) I don't take things for granted the way that I used to, but I will 100% be taking even more risks in my 30s to get where and what I want. (laughs) Next one says, I'm forever 19. Deep questions. Let's see. I moved out of state when I was 20, but I'd say 22 was the best because we were finally settled, carefree, smoked a lot of weed and didn't give a fuck. (laughs) The mom in me says 23 was best because I was pregnant. Biggest regret was not focusing on a college degree before having kids. Buying my second home and having enough money to blow on seeing Mariah Carey and Abel and their merch was the biggest difference between her 20s versus her 30s. That's funny because we always bond over the fact that we both love Mariah Carey end the weekend and it is very rare that i find someone who is wildly obsessed with both of those artists at the same time it is very rare i'm pretty sure she's the only person i've ever met that feels the same way so i can appreciate that in regards to what feels different about your 30s versus your 20s she said i came to the realization that people don't change so i cut people out and focus on the relationships that matter i partially agree with this. I think that people can change. I think that a lot of people don't change, which is what she said. I think that sometimes you have to see people for what they are 
and that they're going to be exactly how they are. And this is something that I talk about a, a lot, taking people for what they are or choosing to leave them behind, right? I think that when it comes to family and relationships with parents, cousins, siblings, your aunt, your grandma, your, your uncle, your sister, whatever it is, people sometimes are what they are and you can't try to change that. If somebody doesn't want to better themselves or is acting towards people in a way that you find is unacceptable, after a while, it's time to let that go. And sometimes it's hard because it's someone who's so, so close to you. But you have to prioritize what's healthy for you, right? So I've done that myself with friends and certain members of my family where I've distanced myself because the way that they act towards me, around me, however it is, is not healthy for me the way it makes me feel. So I operate on like pushing and pulling. Some people I just cut out of my life because they don't need to be there. But that's also like the level of severity of what their actions are. But with other family members or friends, I kind of just like push and pull the line in and out, right? It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be cut this person out or have them in my life 24-7. I have the ability to design my own relationship with people so I can push people a little further out and distance myself when something is making me uncomfortable and when I feel okay and ready and want to let them in closer for a certain period of time, I can pull the line back in and let them closer. So I really love that answer because I think that I learned a lot about that in my 20s, which is that sometimes you just have to fucking let people go because they are who they are. Next one's coming from the female perspective. She is 30 years old and she says, my favorite year was 22. I had just graduated college and moved to South Carolina. I was coaching part-time and working remote for my company here part-time. It was the dream. I had enough downtime to hang with friends whenever, but made enough money to get by. It was the perfect time of my life. Biggest regret. I'm sure you would think I would say getting married because <laughs> she's divorced, but it's not. It's moving back to New York. We left South Carolina because of a family issue. I think if we stayed, our lives would be much different now, including being together. We struggled being here and clearly it didn't work for us. I regret that I'm not there now, but the way things have played out since our divorce, my stability is with my job and my family and my friends, and I don't have that same foundation there anymore. Slowly building it back with buying a place down there. Most exciting thing in my 30s is buying my house in South Carolina. Technically, it was one month before turning 30, but it's close enough. Nothing good has happened the past few months. <laughs> 30s are starting to feel more stable financially and emotionally. Still kind of early to tell, but hopefully it stays that way. What a good one. Finding the stability in her career, family, friends, um, and a new foundation since the one that she had is not there anymore. I think that was a really powerful way to put it. And so many people fall into this societal bullshit where you have to have everything figured out by the time you're 30. And I'm not referring to her situation when I say this. I'm just speaking generally. People put pressure on other people, especially women, when it comes to getting married and having children. And we're starting to see a shift in culture where women are getting married and having children later in life than they were before. There's a ton of women who are now getting married in their 30s, mid-30s even, and having kids before they're 40 
but after 35. And that has been such an out-of-the-box abnormal thing when it comes to how we look at things as a society and how we let those societal pressures affect us. And I have never (laughs) conformed to that ever since I decided to come out as a flaming homosexual. I just fucking refuse to conform to anything because what's the point? But everyone will expect, oh, you're 24, 25, 26, and you've been in a relationship for three, four years. When are you guys getting engaged? When are you guys going to get married? Are you guys talking about kids? Why are you fucking asking people that question? Why are you getting involved so personally in the intimate parts of someone's relationship? Why are you bothering putting pressure on people about things that have absolutely nothing to fucking do with you, mind your business. And people conform and fall into this pressure and they see their friends getting engaged, getting married, having these big weddings. And sometimes people fall into the wrong situations, into the wrong relationships. And it drives me fucking insane to watch. Why are you getting married for any other reason than you're so in love with the person that you're with that you want to get married? Why are you having kids for any other reason than that you want to raise a family with that person? Stop falling into, I have to do these things by a certain age because if I don't, I'm too old. And start doing things by, I'll do it when I'm ready with the right people so that I don't regret it. I have a ton of friends. Well, (laughs) I don't have a ton of friends. I have a few friends. And then I have a lot of people in my life that I know. Let me correct that real quick. I have a lot of people that I know that got married in their 20s and are super happy and have a great life that they enjoy and and children and whatever. And then I have a lot of friends who are my age who were married and divorced in their 20s. And I don't think that that's always wrong. I just wonder how many of those people settled. How many of those people did what they did knowing it was the wrong person because they wanted to fit a timeline because they felt like they were getting too old to have children, get married, find a suitable partner. I think all that shit is bullshit. And personally, from my own perspective, which I realize is different from other people, I would rather be alone than settle. I'm also in a different position from women who are thinking about having children because I'm not having any fucking kids for sure. (laughs) And also my body's not on the clock. If I wanted to have a kid at 50, men are having kids. God, do you ever see those stories about men in their 60s who are popping out fucking kids? (laughs) They're just sending kids into the world in their 60s. It's fucking crazy. But men have the benefit of most of the time, there's not a clock. And women don't have the same benefit as they get older Things happen with their bodies and complications are more common or more likely. There's a lot of things to think about. So I do understand how women put pressure on themselves because of the things that they want. They want to have a family. They want to have children. But I think that when you have that mindset, you get yourself into some trouble and you end up in situations that either are great, that work out for the best and you made the right choices, or you were trying to rush what you didn't have to and ended up in the wrong situation with the wrong person. And where does that fucking get you? Divorce. <laughs> or miserable. Forget about divorce. Divorce is like whatever. It doesn't even matter at this point. It's more upsetting to be in a situation where you're unhappy. And I wish people would think more about if I just slow down and not be so hard on myself and I don't settle for this situation that isn't making me happy. Maybe I can just move on 
and find something that does make me happy and then worry about all the things I want with someone with that person instead? And how much more fulfilling will it be when you're with somebody that you actually enjoy? I've seen so many people marry or have children with people that they knew at the time they didn't want to be with anymore and they just fucking went with it because they felt like it was too late and they felt like they were too far into it or they were too far into a, a certain age group which is usually the 20s and they just fucking did it because they thought it was what they were supposed to do and they thought they could make it work and then they end up fucking miserable regretting that they settled usually in their 30s <laughs> so don't fucking do that okay next one is female perspective 37 years old my favorite year was 24 was on top of the world making tons of money and living like there was no tomorrow biggest regret of my 20s was not traveling more most exciting thing i did in my 30s was that i got married to the love of my life difference between my 20s and 30s everything hurts and i'm tired all the time <laughs> i feel that already i feel fucking tired all the time but i think it's just me i don't think it's my 30s Next one is also from the female perspective, and she says, My biggest regret is not realizing earlier what I wanted. I feel like I spent a great deal of time putting other people's wants and needs first and not working towards my future. I wouldn't change where I am now for anything, but I wish I spent more time worrying about me. And I feel the same way about myself, and that's what I'm going to do in my fucking 30s. I've spent my 20s focused on other people and relationships, and my 30s are all about fucking me until I get what I want. Not, you know what, not fucking me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all about me until I get what the fuck I want. She also says, sorry to be so cliche, but having my kids was so far the best part of my 30s. I turned 30 in 2020, so COVID hit and I was nine months pregnant. I didn't really start it off in typical fashion. All I'm saying is that there wasn't much opportunity for me to party it up in my 30s so far, and I don't care. Having kids is wild, and it is a life-altering thing. See, but this is what I'm talking about with picking the right people because this person I know in real life and she is more than happy with her husband. They had a great time before they had children enjoying the relationship, then having kids together and she picked the right person who she still is very much in love with and has an amazing relationship with outside of them being parents. And that's important too, I feel like. Having a great relationship with your partner outside of just being parents once you have kids. And I think that that's a difficult balance, especially for people who are working and you know worrying about bills and mortgages and all the stuff that clouds your fucking mind. But it's important to remember that you're still in a relationship even though you have kids together and each person still has their needs and things that they want from their partner. She also says, my favorite year is a tie. First 23, because I finally got to go on my dream vacation to Paris. We also went to parts of England and had such a blast. The trip has such great memories and stories. I also lived in China for a while that year, and it gave me great perspective on different cultures. I felt a new sense of freedom that I never felt before. We went to Mexico, and that was one of my favorite trips ever. My at-the-time 18-year-old sister got drunk for the first time and drew... <laughs> <laughs> and threw up spaghetti everywhere. My mom hit me with a pillow while I was sleeping and said, this is your fault. <laughs> That's hysterical. Then 26, because I met my husband or future husband and moved to Puerto Rico. It was a huge change in my life that made me grow up a lot as a person. Currently, I am 32, so I haven't been here too long. 
but there is good and bad so far. I definitely gained a level of no fucks within my 30s. I am stronger and more sure of myself. I also worry more about death than I ever have before. I feel that way too, but I think I'm just the kind of person who thinks about it a lot. Being in your 30s, makes you feel your mortality more because you know you are supposed to feel old. <laughs> but honestly, I have to remind myself that I'm an adult most days. It is such a weird age because you're like supposed to be this big bad adult in your 30s, but like you're still the same fucking person that you were just last year when you were in your 20s. Added note, my advice to being in your 30s is don't wait for next year because you think your 20s went quick. It feels like time is sped up the minute I hit 30. Ooh, that's a good one. I keep hearing that time is only going to pass quicker. I feel like midway through my 20s, time started moving really quickly and differently than it had before. And people would be like, oh, wait until your 30s. And then other people would be like, wait until your 40s. You know, so I feel like it just goes faster and faster until you die. Next one is from the male perspective in their 40s. He says 21 was his favorite year. Biggest regret is being lazy. And not knowing what I was really good at. In my 30s, I literally toured this entire country and had a somewhat successful band. I was the most fit and looked my best by far in my 30s too. Ooh, I hope that happens for me. I want all the success <laughs> and being fit and put together in my 30s. I want to leave the end of the 20s where I was a large, unsuccessful piece of garbage <laughs> behind. I hope that the 20s formed me and the 30s is where I use all that knowledge to live and succeed. Oh, this one's a good one. See, these answers and responses are always a mix of listeners who I don't know personally and then also people that I do know that listen. So this woman, 31 years old, is one of those people who like you ever meet someone <laughs> and you're like, wow, you are one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my entire life. And then on top of the fact that you're so stunning to look at, you're also one of the nicest, most kind, most genuine people I've ever met in my life. That's this woman. I'm thinking of two specifically that I know like that. And this is one of them. I met her when I was in middle school, I want to say, because we lived in the same neighborhood and she was on my bus and I've known her ever since. And I just remember the first time I saw her, I was like, that is probably the most beautiful person I've ever seen. <laughs> and she's still the same. So beautiful, so wonderful and so kind. So I'm very excited to read her response and know that she listens and responds to this shit. Love it. She says, favorite year of the 20s. It was always the years where I made the most changes. 26, I made a big career move, left a relationship because it wasn't fulfilling, started a new relationship, stuff like that. Lived life hard. <laughs> Regret. Wish I dated more, stressed less about work. Those jobs don't matter now. And cut off pointless friendships sooner. I agree with all of that. Sometimes the jobs that you stress about don't end up mattering later and it's unfortunate or even things you stress about in general that you can't see that until it's in the hindsight. And the same with pointless relationships. Like if your friend is not really your friend and you know it, what's the point? What are you doing? Most exciting thing in my 30s so far. Not much. <laughs> I have a beautiful daughter, which is amazing, but like mom life ain't that sexy. Nothing exciting about going to bed by 9 p.m. because you're shot from entertaining a kid all day. Literally the exact opposite of goals for me. <laughs>
Difference between 20s and 30s. Shit seems more real. Life problems seem harder. More money, more problems, more bills. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. It's true. Life does seem harder like the older you get, I think, so far. And problems do seem more real. But I also feel like, I've, like I've said a, a bunch of times during this episode, I feel like I'm also more equipped to handle it because I've already been through so much that usually I'm like, all right, this sucks. It's happening, but I'll get through it because I've gotten through it before. I'll get through it again. And I've been through worse. So I'm just going to handle it. The next one is a really interesting response for me to read because it's from my friend Katie Shaw. Make sure you look her up on Instagram at Katie Shaw. And in her 20s, around like 20, 13, 14, 15, she was pursuing music, recording music, touring all over the country. She had a few really big moments with her EP Brooklyn Girls. She has millions of views on the music videos that she had put out at that time, millions of streams, and was creating like such a buzz for herself and was totally on the way to becoming a fucking superstar, which in my eyes she still is. <laughs> and I used to go see her live all the time at her shows and I would stand in the front because she was my friend and I loved her music. So what a moment she had in her 20s of trying to make it as an artist, as a musician, and getting to this level where people were actually paying attention to what she was doing and coming so close to doing something really huge and then giving it all up. So to hear her perspective in this answer is so interesting to me because I know the context. So her favorite year is 26 because she says she had Ren, which is her son. Biggest regret. Not paying off my student loans with my publishing advance is my literal only regret. I love my decisions. Most exciting in her 30s was, oh, graduating college in two weeks. Congratulations to graduating college in two weeks. 30s versus 20s, she says, I don't give a fuck. End of 20s felt like desperate grasping at relevance. And now I feel like I'm so far from Gen Z. Like I couldn't be relevant in, the, in that way if I tried. I guess she's referring to the TikTok bitches. So I am finally free to be myself. Calling things cringe is just showing your own insecurity. I'm a cringe queen, cheesy lady now. And I truly do not care about being a hot hottie anymore. Though I am still quite hot. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> yes, you fucking are. It's so crazy knowing how her life was back then and the things that she was working towards and what her goals were and how much that that's changed to hear like what she loved and hated about her 20s. And I can't wait until we have her on the show and do a full interview. It's going to be so fucking great. So many stories. I personally don't regret anything in my 20s. I think that everything was a learning lesson. As I was talking about earlier, everything that I learned something from was time not wasted and a mistake that was made that taught me not to make the same one again is something that I learned from, so I wouldn't take any of that back. I think if I had to change one thing, the only thing I somewhat regret is not going to school. I feel like if I had a degree to fall back on at this age, I think it would make it easier, feel easier to pursue the goals and the things that I'm going after. But then I also think if I did have that to fall back on, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't work as hard to get the things that I want now because there is no backup plan and there is nothing that I can do as a substitute that I'll be happy with. So I don't know. I do think it would be easier to pursue all these goals 
while I had a job that I didn't hate <laughs> as much as I hate my job and didn't feel so unfulfilling, you know, like something decent that was what I was doing in the interim. I don't know, but I don't know. Life is weird. And I think that things do happen for a reason and life is a series of choices. So we'll see what happens in this next few years in the thirties. Maybe that reason will become more clear. So in conclusion, Everyone wants me to be really scared of my 30s, it seems. And everyone wants me to be depressed. <laughs> or maybe not wants me to be, but is expecting me to be upset and, and sad and, and mourning my 20s. And honestly, I don't feel that way. I feel like I'm ready for that period of my life to be over and be put behind me. I'm ready to move into this new place and see what that has to offer me. I feel like over this past year, maybe two, I feel for the first time like I'm in the right place doing the right thing and I'm on the track that I need to be on. My goals are so clear and just the goals that I set for myself throughout this year, I've hit pretty much all of the goals that I said I wanted to up until this point. And I feel that I'm just in the right place when it comes to where I'm going creatively, where I'm going professionally, and what's on the horizon and what's coming up for 2023. I just haven't felt this way yet. I feel the most sure of myself when I'm speaking and talking about my opinions and my thoughts and my beliefs. I don't feel scared. I mean, I've always kind of been like a no fucks given. I'll say what the fuck I want to say because it's my thoughts and, and, and my opinions. And I'm not going to apologize to people for that. But I think I feel the most confident in myself in that way as well. Where like, I'm not a dumb person. Just because you don't agree with what I might think or what I might say doesn't make me stupid and you smart. It just means we have different perspectives. So I can appreciate that in other people. I don't get upset and angry with people who have a different perspective than I do in most settings, you know, unless what they're saying is just like so awful that you're just like, ugh, ugh shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I also think that a lot of people are so fucking sensitive that you can say one wrong thing that they don't agree with that is kind of silly and not that important and they just write you off as people. So if you're mentally unstable, <laughs> that's on you. But I don't feel apologetic and I don't think that I ever have, but I feel the least apologetic now. I feel like I've solidified into myself who I am, what I think, who I want to be, how to get there, how I act, how I treat other people, how I react to things, how I let other people affect me. I feel like all of those things I've started to perfect and I'm in a place now where I can kind of put that stuff on autopilot in a sense instead of having to work so hard to figure out which way I want to be and how I want things to turn out. I feel like those things are just more natural and I haven't even really entered my 30s yet. Like I've been here for less than 24 hours. <laughs> but I think that the real shift and the real change so far in my life has come at the end of my 20s. So I think that standing here in this place, reflecting on all of that and thinking about all of the stuff that I have to accomplish going forward, why would I be scared or resistant to that change? If anything, I'm excited and I'm welcoming it and I'm anxious to get there already. You know, I feel like 
this has become such a destination turning 30 and, and such a landmark moment of turning a page and moving on to a new chapter. So why would I be upset about that? Why would I not want that to happen? You know, if anything, I'm eager to move on from this stage and move into the next because it just starts to illustrate the opportunity that I have ahead of me. You know, I can make the 30s whatever I want it to be. And in my 20s, I feel like it took some time to realize that. I didn't realize in my 20s that I could make my 20s whatever I wanted them to be because I was too busy making mistakes and learning from them and trying to figure out what the right choices were. But now that I've moved past that point and I know what those choices are and I've made those mistakes that I'm not going to make again in my 30s, I'm free to kind of make the 30s whatever I want them to be, especially because I don't have or really want children and I'm not really interested right now in settling down, getting married, worrying about any of that shit. Like those are the things that people are doing in my age group. And I think that's great if that makes you happy and that's what you want. It's just not for me. So I feel like I have a world of opportunity in my 30s that I think other people kind of feel like is over because they have a different set of responsibilities and a different set of priorities that I don't have at this time. And I think that that for me is really freeing when I look at my 30s. So instead of being afraid of more responsibility, I'm excited to take on more stuff because it's things that I really want and things that will help me get to the next level and succeed. And those things aren't the possibility of maybe popping out twins. <laughs> so I don't know. Is it me? Is it my perspective? Is it my life choices? Is it how I set myself up in the sense that I'm not doing the same things as other people in my age group? Or is it just a mindset? Can you feel that way about anything you want and or doing at this age? I don't know. I don't know how other people feel. I only know what goes on in my own head. And I can only try to understand others' perspectives, but I can't live it, so I couldn't tell you, you know? But I'm excited, I'm ready, and you know what the great fucking thing is? I'm turning 30, and I haven't lost my goddamn hair. I don't have a bald spot, my hairline is not receding, so thank fucking God that I still have a full head of thick Italian hair. That's all I've got for you bitches this week. I say that's all I've got as if this isn't going to be the longest fucking episode in all of eternity. But you know what? The 20s were a long period of time packed with a lot of tumultuous shit that we didn't even have the time to get into. <laughs> so you know what? I am not going to apologize. Keeping with my theme of being unapologetic, not to be confused with the hit album by Rihanna. And I'm not going to apologize for you for the length of this episode. And if you made it this far after listening to my whiny voice for this long, I applaud you and I thank you. I will see you bitches next week. I don't know what kind of nonsense is going to go on while we are celebrating my 30th in the city this Saturday night, but I'm sure I will come back to you next week with some kind of wild stories. And I cannot wait to recap and talk about the first week of my new decade, the 30s. As usual, make sure you're following me on Instagram at MickeyNotTheMouse. Make sure you're following the podcast Instagram at PulsePounding. Make sure whatever streaming service you're listening on, you give us a five-star review 
And if they do have the option to write a review, you better write me something really fucking nice. Because if you don't, you're a hating ass bitch. All right. I'll catch you next week, hoes. Later. 